What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 811 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by David Bray. And Ben Funky Askren is back. He's sleepy, Ben, because this guy's been on his grind. You know, he's coaching in Utah, delayed flight, then he's running his celeb pro-am race for the cure, Funky Fresh Farms disc golf spectacular yesterday. But he still makes the walk. He shows up today. Ben, how are you? Oh, yeah. Everything's good. Uh, yeah, I had a busy week. I was in Utah for a couple of days. Uh, I talked to you guys while I was in Utah, and then I came back. And Yeah, my flight got late. It was brutal, Christian. It was, um, we didn't leave Utah until 11 p.m., didn't land in Milwaukee till almost 3 a.m., and I had to, you know, drive home, and then I was up the next morning at, like, 7.30 for the disc golf tournament. So, not a lot of fun, but I had so much fun at the disc golf tournament. It was a blast. Did that air live? I don't. I don't know when they're putting it out. I guess I got to ask them. Uh, they're putting it out at some point. Not sure when. They will put it out though. Okay. Well, we will. We will be glued until then. Maybe you could share a clip uh, I, from from the show. From well, I put the, on social media. I put a few things. I. I you know what? I got upstage first round because the first round, I, I had this. I I stepped up to the the tee and I had this disc. It's called the Comet. It's kind of an old school disc, but I like it. It goes dead straight. You know. And so a few of the pros, they made, they made snide remarks about my choice of discs. And I said, listen, don't worry. I'm going to bank it off the Yeti, and it's going to go in the basket. And I banked it off the Yeti, and it hit the freaking rim of the basket, and it flopped out. Everyone's like, oh, and they went nuts. And then the next person to step up to the tee freaking aced it. So my moment of glory was just washed over by uh, a greater moment. Yes. Probably because yeah. I didn't use a Comet. You know? Yeah, you gotta use a comment. <laughs> uh, I would give you guys the comment because I'm sure you guys need something you can throw real straight, real easy. So I would give you guys the comment to throw. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be great for us. That's what I need. That's what we need. Um, but Bray and I play ultimate with uh, the frisbee doll. Golf discs. Yeah. I think it's more challenging. No, you get don't. Your hands, yeah, get your hands tough. Please yeah, tell me you don't really. Yeah, do we that. do. Yep, it's way more fun that way. You haven't played like that. You guys are joking. Oh, Ben's not that tough. You hit someone, you hit someone you in the back of the eye. It was if I threw a freaking, uh, even a putter, which is not as hard or sharp as some of the other discs. If I threw we a know. putter to hit you in the eye, you might be permanently blind. I wouldn't want to do that to you. <laughs> Dang, legally blind. <laughs> POP, hold it down. Man. All right. Well, we're glad you're back. Sparks filled in uh, magnificently. And as, as we all Uh-oh. know, JD has gone to the heartland for a wedding. Um, someone in the Give chat already said, said he must have been attacked by a cougar, <laughs> which that is that is a looming threat for JD. But that's not the case. It was pretty crazy to hear that Shane's late night snack is is uh, instead of a bowl of cereal, it's it's a uh, oh cereal my. with milk. It's a bowl of goldfish, but hot sauce instead of the milk. He just ben, eats it like a soup. We were talking what? about. Listen, we were talking about. So you know, the every Fourth of July they have the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. So I, I was like, what would be your uh, the food you would be best at competing? He's go. He goes easy, easy. Hold on, hold on a second. Then he walks off and he just leaves. He comes back with a little bag of goldfish and Frank's Red Hot. He's like, I put this on there and I put the hot sauce on it. He's like, so good. I would. I that's, would, it, that's what he. Com- this man? That's what he competitively eats. I when he said gold goldfish, like <laughs> boom, he's like he always has them. 
I wanted to know how much how much hot sauce is it like a bowl of cereal just floating in hot sauce? There's no way. There's no way. Disgusting. It's impossible. It's so it's so gross. I'm trying to thinking about eating those two things together right now, and it's it's making me want to vomit. I like goldfish. I like red red hot sauce too. You know. I mean, I might try uh, put them together. Goldfish are kind of gross, Chris. I mean, my my kids love them, and I'll, I'll snack on like uh you know a couple once in a while, but more than maybe seven goldfish and you're like uh these things are gross i'm built different dude that's just that's just <laughs> the difference between you and me i no, i really like goldfish i mean i don't eat them i probably eat them once every several months or if they're in snack nation yeah. I'll, I'll snag some but what's snack nation snack yeah, nation is new... it's the land in flow sports where we just get a bunch of free snacks and we'll have oh my beef goodness. jerky and the, it's really since we moved to the new place it's gotten way more uh teenage impulse snacks it's 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 bad it's yeah. a lot harder to show strength they used to have like all these fancy like peas dried peas and all this terrible stuff. seaweed and seaweed yeah terrible i, now yeah, it's I like, remember you guys had seaweed and i did not touch that yeah no, no one no one did they literally they're probably still sitting out there actually yeah. three, all, all these years later anyway mm. ben well while we're on the topic of not wrestling what would what would be your food that you could most competitively eat hmm. do you think hey if i sat down with this i could i could crush a lot of these interesting probably tacos i said tacos you guys know i love tacos from the yeah. Austin, i could yeah i gotta stop myself from eating the tacos guys i could just keep eating those suckers got it mine was sushi bray what would yours be i could put down a whole cheese tray like that Oh, you just oh, <laughs> really? put a cheese tray down fast. You could place high just because I don't think there's a lot of people signing up for that. And I'm not signing yeah, up for no the one. aftermath. No you get the, up for that. You, you get the like the Costco, the international cheese platter. It's uh -huh. like, you know, Belgian this, whatever that. Just boom. It's done. You just what you just for real? Oh, I could put it down. I can't eat I, I mean, don't think I ever eat just cheese. I, mean, I put I, cheese on lots of things. Where, yeah, if you eat a couple pieces, then you're like, okay, that was good, and then I'm done. Or, you don't eat the I'll, whole thing, Bray. Or what I'll do is I'll eat the whole I'll, thing. I'll, I'll open up a open up like a like a, a thin cut salami package and then like a, a cheese, just one at one of each. Boom. I like that. One, one I like that other. with a throw a, throw a Ritz cracker That's in there. Better than just cheese. Yeah, better better than just cheese for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I could do the cheese on its own. Just get it going. Okay. No Tacos would be tough because it's kind of hard to eat them fast. There's a lot of like remnants with everybody. Well, but here's the thing, Christian. We're competing uh -oh. with someone else. So it's hard for them to eat them fast. Also, that's true. That's true. So if yeah. you mastered it, taco oh, tacos would be that would be a eating competition where I think you'd see a lot of disqualifications because you didn't Why? finish it. Because because people wouldn't finish. You, oh, I'm done with the taco. Yeah, right. Half of it fell no, out. No, look at it. Look at all this cilantro, sir. Yeah. How do you explain the cilantro? Where did it come from? I yep. think you do the ones where they're like the you know they have these some of the food trucks in Austin where it's the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. So you fold it and then it's like two bites there. Oh, yep. and then you're done. <laughs> you know that one right there. Wrong. Just that. <laughs> okay. Um, so a couple weeks ago, recruiting kicked off for the class of 2024. Mm -hmm. um, and wanted to kick it to Bray quickly for some uh, recruiting updates, if there are any to be had. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're reaching out to recruits right now. Um, had, a, had a good call with Joe Seeley. And his dad last night, so uh, he's the number one recruit in the class. Dang, he's he says he's got a he's got a top five, maybe it's a top eight. He's not quite ready to disclose, but I mean, uh, it's really interesting recruit to think about, both in terms of I mean his wrestling style and and also in terms of his uh, like his experience through his first two years of high school. He's I mean he's been to three high schools in his first two years. Mm. Um, 
couple different wait, wait, schools in two years. Yeah, he was he was at one school at the beginning of his freshman year, and then and then moved to High Point, North Carolina, and then was at Wyoming Sem last year. And then he may be at a, you know he doesn't know for sure where he's going to go to high school in the fall. So um, wait, what? He's not going back to Wyoming Sem? No, and there's you know some stuff with the family moving and and things like that. So he's he doesn't know. Well, he may be going back to Wyoming Sem. He hasn't he hasn't decided. He's got What's some it? options. So I knew he was from North Carolina, and I knew he went to Wyoming Sem. Did his family move with him to Wyoming Sem? I don't know that for sure, but his family okay. has since moved to Florida. So um, his dad's in Florida mm -hmm. now. So they're like they're trying to you know they're exploring the local options, um, thinking about other options too. But well, HP. Um, yeah, I mean you never know. It you could be. Know. It could okay. be. But uh, yeah. So so I mean that's that's an interesting element when you're thinking about a recruit who's seen a bunch of different rooms already in high school. He's been to different parts of the country. Um, so that gives him, him some experience, but super introverted guy. So he's not used to being on the phone a lot, but that first day, it sounds like 20, 25 programs, uh, on the phone and, and, um, he's, he's keeping his options open at this point, but, but really, um, I don't know, he's going to be, he's gonna be a big get. So not a super big update there, but, uh, good to know what, what he's up to. And also that guy's born on the 4th of July. He was no he, way. Yeah. He, he, you know, regular Tom Cruise. Yeah. What so. a real American. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good day to be born. Uh, okay. Uh, Wisconsin High School, Wisconsin Fargo, looks like y'all are going to be really, really good. Fargo, how oh, excited yeah. are you for, for that? Um, Bray's been talking it up. We talked on the phone yesterday before the show. He thinks y'all got quite the squad going. Well, I saw some other uh, teams. I think Ohio and Illinois being released. But they're usually two of the deepest teams. So... Uh, I didn't peel through those rosters yet, but yeah, Wisconsin, we have a lot of spots because um, especially, and it's a lot of our guys, but like say junior 152 through junior, maybe 195, uh, somewhere in there. We, we did a whole bunch of places at Northern Plains. And so, you know, you get those auto qualifier spots. So, you know, we could take six, seven, eight people, normal of 81, Central Regional. So yeah, just a whole, whole bunch of like free qualifier spots because our guys are doing really well at the, the regionals. Um, and then obviously also at the UWW Cats, which makes an auto qualifier. So, uh, yeah, really good. I'm excited. We got we got a lot of depth in, in those weight classes. I was looking back through. I mean, yeah, when I saw the roster, I was like, man, this is a very deep Wisconsin team. But then mm -hmm. there's, there's three of the, you know, three of the big, bigger name guys are, are not going. You know, the seniors coming back. Clayton Whiting's yeah. not going. Um, Mesenbrick's not going. Coy Hopke's going to yep. be going to be um, abroad. So he's not in. But uh even still, I mean, it's it looks like a I, I don't know what's the what's the best like a Wisconsin team has done at Fargo. Uh, my my senior year we did really well, and then there's been a couple other years. I guess they said um, so. We took second at freestyle cadets, and I asked if we ever won it, and they said we did. It was one of the first. I want to say it was like '07, which had to be one of the first years of cadet duels because I they did not have cadet duels existed when I was in high school. I wrestled junior duels, and I think it was one of the very very first junior duels in like 2001 or 2000, somewhere around there. Um, I think Max may have wrestled in cadet duels, which may like 2004-ish, somewhere in there. Um, so I, I think they have done well, but this is like for, for both teams to do well, not just like one small group of kids is really good. And then, you know, yeah, our junior team, and I'm sure this is true with a lot of states, but you know, our 95 and 220 weren't that good. I don't want those Amir Souls under the bus, but someone in their family may have planned a vacation when they weren't able to go to junior duels. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't worry. We've given them a hard time about it. 
Clayton obviously was training at Mizzou. Coy Hopkins made a world team. We could have really used a, a 95 and 220. Our guys kind of struggled there. Junior duels. We didn't win a lot of matches. And then Zane actually did a pretty good job at 152. But obviously, I think Mitchell, I don't think Mitchell would have lost any of the matches that Zane did. So I think that, you know, that kind of put could have put us over the edge in one or two more duels. So you guys were second at 16U, fourth yeah. in juniors, and yeah. uh, some of the other rosters, are, you know, look maybe a little bit down. Illinois' roster, I, I don't think is complete. The one that the one that's um, that's posted, I, uh, we've heard yeah. that there are some guys that have, that are like the the process of getting signed up was a little weird. So I think there are a couple guys. Uh, ben Devino's not on the list. I think he's going. Nasir Bailey's not on the list. I think he's going. So yeah. that'll help them a lot. But um, I don't know. Looks like a good Wisconsin team and. Yeah. I I don't think I mean we got to talk about that sixteen year duel for duel for a second because I mean it's, I know oh, it's a long time happened? ago the, the final the duel the the last yeah I was there it you was were there wild it came down to heavyweight and yes. you guys are winning you got to have it though because if it's a criteria win Ohio is gonna they're gonna get it and uh, and your guys got an eight zero lead what do you guys I mean what's the team thinking at this point. Um, I was feeling, feeling really confident, but um, I did have one of our other coaches say the Ohio kid was really good, and our kid was good. I think he was like uh, Evan Gross. I think he went, I don't know, five and three, six and two. Like he was, he had a solid weekend. Um, and so then when he got up eight zero, I'm like, yes, like this is we got this. Um, and then the Ohio kid freaking brought the heat, you know, and um. He just kind of made a couple of bad decisions as the match went on and, and just couldn't stay in there. And, you know, honestly, at heavyweight in Europe, a zero force the guy to shoot, right. Is what you want to do. Force him to shoot and force him to shoot and then give up a two point takedown. I think we gave up a couple fours. So yeah, it was, it was a great match. I mean, th there were some other things that happened before then, like a 45 pounder was in a, he had lost a kid central regional. And then that was, I think seven, six match. Um, so there's a few other ones that were like super like in the balance. So I know everyone wants to always think about the heavyweights uh, when a duel comes down like this, but then it's like you bring it back and you forget about all these other moments along the way that were like, you know, kind of. And in freestyle, it's interesting because it could be like someone scores a point, you know, yeah. so it goes a 3-1 instead of a 3-0 or which I actually kind of like, I think it's really, I think the way that freestyle duels are scored is really cool on the one side where you know, it does matter. If you lose 11-1 versus 10-0, it freaking matters. Um, so yeah. go go score a point or do something. Um, but then on the side, if there's a forfeit or a pin, uh, a 5-0 win is worth two and a half decisions, which that's kind of hard. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, in folk style, it's worth two. Um, so a pin so versus a decision. Right. So still preach. Yeah. The, the main thing is uh, just a little confused. You have to really know it. I it's it's not super fan friendly freestyle yeah, yeah sure scoring is like okay hold on um but yeah it, it is kind of cool though mm-hmm yeah, yeah that, I mean, everyone I, can contribute to the team even if they're not you know winning some some of my favorite duels were the um what what was that what was like the the the, the rtc cup that we did last year oh, yeah. uh where olympic weights so it's, it's six matches and it's so it's like almost the duel is still almost always in the balance like coming into the last match like it's you know it's very rare that that 
one team has already won four matches in the duel. And so those those matches were incre- those duels were incredible. They yeah. were they were you know they're short enough that it was easy to follow along with the team mm-hmm. scoring. When it's when it's sixteen U or juniors, it's like you know fifteen weights or whatever it is, and it's like it's it's it, it gets a little unruly. But um, those six six man duels, six, six match duels, those were incredible. I love those. Yeah. Um. The the duel we beat Pennsylvania in was crazy too it was uh, our 195 hunter had a, a crazy like they i think it came down to that one or maybe it was either ending there or ending at the next weight you know because they, they rotated him and he had like a, a quick tech fall but it was crazy like sequence of events and that was a that was a fun duel i'm sure they didn't have all their best guys but they did have quite a few really uh really good guys in the lineup for them okay um well, fun duels talk, fun Wisconsin Absolutely. talk. Uh, wanted to talk about this. I've had this in the doc the last couple of days, but Uh-oh. we're on the we're on the 25th anniversary of the infamous Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear. <laughs> do you remember this, Ben? Uh, yeah, I do. I don't know if I watched it live or if I remember it the next day um, because I would have only been 12 years old. Um, yeah. I think I was watching it live, but I don't want to have like a false mem- memory syndrome over it. Yeah. So my so if you don't for you kids listening, Mike Tyson was a was a boxer, and as was Evander Holyfield. And this man, for the, I guess it was for probably the heavyweight title. He but the funniest part about this, oh look at Ben getting his special delivery. Got his coffee. Um, Got my coffee. The the crazy thing about this that I had to be reminded of is that Mike Tyson. Bit his ear, bit a chunk of it, spat it on the mat. They evaluate the situation. They say, Let's okay, two-point deduction. Let's run it back. <laughs> so, we, he and then he does it again. Yeah. And only then does the the match end. And so, so there's, there's, go ahead, Ben. Oh, I thought, I thought the first one was, I thought the first one he bit him but didn't bite it off. And then the second one. He actually got the chunk. It was my opposite. I don't remember which which time he got the uh, he got the that lean protein. No, so I, the way I here's the way I remember it. Um, I remember him biting and and Vander Holyfield going ah, you know, and then and then they kind of looked at him. They did the deduction, and the second time is when he actually like bit the ear chunk hmm. off, and they're like, nah, we're done here. But it could have been opposite. It was a long time ago, and I'm not a huge boxing fan historian, so. Uh, you could definitely be running that, but I thought it was the opposite. The other thing I remember about that was, so I was 12. It was like perfect age to to be really into something like that. And we're the same age, Bray, me and you? Yeah, yeah, I, I think what's so. What's your birthday? September 8, 1984. Ooh, I'm older than you. I got July 18th. Hey, everyone, I'm, my birthday's coming up. You guys want to send me some presents, you can send me some presents. Okay. Okay. Um, I, love ta- I love tacos. Smelling some tacos. You guys, for my birthday, here's what I expect for my birthday. Flow Sports. Envelope Flow Sports is going to put a taco truck right outside my garage. So when I finish the show, I can feel like you guys, for once, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm just going to start mowing some tacos. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, the, but so at 12 years old, watching that watching that fight it's like it, you, you it was the it was built up it's so easy to build up the the hero villain thing like oh, easy yeah. good guy easy bad guy so then when he so then when tyson does this it's just like i knew he was a terrible person yeah <laughs> like that's how it felt but i don't know 
Yeah. It was, I mean, it Mike was Tyson a- obviously has always had con- trouble controlling his temper. Um, he does seem like generally a really good person when you watch him and you listen to him. He's very contemplative. But, uh, and listen, that dude probably deserved it. But uh, it was great because social oh, media was actually on Mike the- Tyson's side. We blasted that dude like last month. Under the airplane. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm all for like that deserve, that dude deserved to get punched. But with litigation in 2022, you think yeah, like, yeah. holy, this dude's going to get super millions of dollars. Mike Tyson already, uh, he's already blown through $100 million. You would think he would. Uh, More than that, I little, think. Well, yeah, but he had $100 million and then he had $0. Those two things happened <laughs> uh, in that order. So yes, they did. Um, that was a, a devastating moment for Mike Tyson. Oh, my gosh. But um, yeah, so crazy. That, but So my question is, what is the closest thing? That has happened to this in wrestling. What is the most outrageous, unthinkable, incredible, whatever, just like a jaw-dropping moment in in the sport of wrestling that's remotely comparable to this? Is there I was, one? probably nothing? I was talking about Tuesday. I can't think of anything. I mean, the, fir- the, the Mongolians taking their clothes off. That, that, that was, was that was one that came to mind for me. That was that. probably mine. Um, then then again, um, Sushil Kumar literally did this. Yeah. Uh, in order to get a, a, a gut wrench, he bit he bit a man's ear. And then didn't he also really? Is he also the one, one who was on the run for murder? He's uh, he has also been on the run. This is all alleged. You can't sue me or bite me, uh, Mr. Kumar. But uh, yeah, he definitely got in some serious trouble uh, in India. But yeah, he uh, he bit a man's ear at the Olympics in 2012. I think might have been eight. Jeez, Louise. Man, the first thing that came to mind for me on this was Metcalf Caldwell. That's that's the other one. That was like, yeah. oh my gosh, because the backdrop of this is happening, he's losing this match that we have fought. Now the man does a backflip and gets shoved mid backflip. Yeah. That has to be it. That's the crazy, because that's the combination of like the crazy personality conflict, because no one knows these Mongolian guys. No yeah. one knows who they are. No one really even knows Kumar. Sorry, it was tremendous. Uh, and if I had been there in person, maybe I would think differently if I was at the Olympics. Well, I was being there, watching that unfold live is such an insane, insane memory. Um, yeah. Thankfully, no no ears were bit. That's why they wear that that headgear. Yeah. Thank you, Cliff Keen. The, then, um, the is first... that what? Wait. Yeah, that's why. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> the Christian Biles just stated that their whole reason by headgears so we don't get bit in the ear because that – I didn't know this. I learned something today on the show. Yeah, that's what that's what you should tell all the kids. Yeah, we wear these because in wrestling, a lot of people want to bite the ears very specifically. So, a lot of I don't think I've ever bitten someone's ear. Man, I had a. (laughs) Did you ever coach a kid? You ever coach a kid that bit? No, Ben. I bet you have. You've had a kid that bit. Probably, I'm sure. Yeah, I did. It was embarrassing. We uh, (laughs) as obviously, but. The kid was winning the match. He was up like 8-4, but he was wrestling terrible. And then he got taken down. He was still up. He bites uh, bites hard on this kid's arm <laughs> and gets disqualified and suspended. He would go on to win the state championship that year. That's right. But, what? Um, yeah, like he was, he was good. But uh, he definitely bit That's that kid's funny. arm. He just lo- lost his freaking mind. It was really weird. And then, like, a year later, uh, I guess uh, the bad boys of, of the Shenandoah Valley, a year later at, like, the same place, a guy punched this kid, 
in the middle of a match, like he got he got elbowed hard, and then he starts boom, 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 and then a, they they start fighting each other. This oh kid god. would go on to win the state championship that year. Oh my god! Why is all these things happening here? Your team? We're the we're the bad boys. We're like the oh the god. '80s Pistons, just checking people wow. on the boards. How, um, how come some things um, that people do are that are over the line are cool, and some things are not? Like you know, like you, you like like you you take them off the mat and run them into the with the boards. You're like, oh, that's pretty. That all right? This, uh, I mean, you shouldn't do that, but that's kind no, of no. I think I think that's bullcrap too. But yes, some I mean, people do give it a pass. I mean, it is, but it just it looks it's like visually, it's whatever. Somebody takes a bite, you're like, what's wrong with this oh my weirdo? Gosh, this like, deranged individual. Yeah, I don't know. I, because you're I, also putting someone piece of someone's flesh in your mouth. Yes, yeah, that's true. Don't. Like that's it. That's an issue. <laughs> that is, that is what biting normal. is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, I mean, it's, we it's think a lot clearer fighting, for me now. Yeah, if you think about fighting, like who bites? Like two year olds bite. Like two and three year olds, because they, I don't know, they in their little brain they think it's a good idea and they bite. But once you get past the age of like four, like. Well, Ozzy still bites. So we'll say age five. Age five, <laughs> Ozzy will still like, his male's come and chomp your leg. Like, Argh. dang. Yeah. So age five, no bites anymore because it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of gross. One of our FRL questions asked for an update on Ozzy Man Strong Boy and Caleb, but that he really just wants one on Ozzy Man Strong Boy. Uh, he's doing great. He, uh, all he wants to do is battle and play with Transformers, and that's it. Every dang. single day. I want to see a, an Ellis and Ozzy showdown. Oh, dude! His he's got a fired go. up uh, four year old too. Yeah, he's high energy, dude. He, yeah, he likes to. Yeah, he likes to. Right now, he likes to punch. He likes Ninja Turtles, so he's like, so he's really into. <laughs> he tries this move where he like he'll grab my he'll grab my wrist and then try to do like a flying kick. Like he'll he'll like swing in the air and try genius to genius move. Like he's he, so yeah, it's, that's his move right now. And then and then uh, pu- you know, punch me in the stomach. So. But I punch him in the stomach too, so it's no problem. Well, <laughs> the one that Ozzy, the one that Ozzy does sometimes is I'm listen, I love most battling, but I'm trying to break him of this habit. Is he'll just walk up and I'll be like playing, I'll, I'll be laying on the ground playing my other kids. He'll just stomp me right in the face. <laughs> and I'll be like, dude, that's not even legal in fighting. Like you can't do that. He's like, in one you FC know? you can. Now you're no, a champion you can't there. Do it. No, not anymore. No. Not anymore. He's old school. You can kick. You can't stomp. Wait, you used to be able to face stomp in one FC? Yes, yes. I, and you can't. You can't. It, it, it was like during my basically time. Basically, prison rules. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, you could during my time, and then at the end, you could you could kick, not stomp, because stomp pretty much only happens when they're already knocked out. So it's kind of stupid. Yeah. But kicking can be a, a functional maneuver. As and then. Kneeing on the ground is the one that should be allowed in all fighting because it makes so much sense. Kennedy uh, and Rogan were talking about this too. Oh, kneeing on the ground makes so much sense for if, if we're in a fight. Uh, I mean, that this sounds kind of barbaric, right? But if we're going to fight and we think about functional fighting, are. kneeing on the ground is highly functional. In like, it actually kind of hurts wrestlers because a defensive wrestling position, a sprawl, for example. Um, usually in a sprawl, you don't really get hit. The, the sprawling person doesn't hit the shooting person mm-hmm. that much because they're stuck, you know, and, and they have to use their hands to, to block the sprawl. But when the, the guy is sprawled on top of the person, then, you know, in UFC, you just freaking knee him in the head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying or no? I yeah. Do. yeah. Yeah. I do know yeah. what you're saying. And then also in ground fighting, like on, when you're in side control, you can throw knees from there and it's, uh, it's really effective. Yeah. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to do that. I, was, I agree. Honestly, why can't you bite? 
You got a mouth guard in, so it wouldn't be that hard anyway. Oh, yeah. Those are optional. Mouth guard optional. Yeah. As long as everyone agrees to it, I don't, I don't see any problem with it. I agree. All right, so Ben was the prison rules champion of the world for several years. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Ozzy, Ozzy's got to break the habit of stomping on the face, though. It's a, it's like because he did it. Well, you know why he did it, and a bunch of people were like, "Oh, what's the kid doing? He's going to take that kid to jail." And I was at I was at Vegas. We took him to the tournament one day, and there was a bunch of people. We were kind of around talking, and I was just sitting there. He freaking face stomped me, and everyone's like, "What is wrong with that kid?" <laughs> But he only does it to you, right? He knows that you're the only yeah, one. Yeah, can... only me. Only he only face stomps me. That's actually pretty good. If at his age he can actually discern, because I think most kids you be like, you can only do this with daddy. Be like, yeah, but like they get to preschool and they're stomping little, little Louie out. Dude, that's my bad. knowledge he's never stomped anyone at school. I he, you sent me the video of uh, was it you and uh, I guess Ozzy's cousin from the oh Luca. Those no, two are, Luke, yeah, Luke they're the Bash brothers. That's Max gonna do. There's this video. Oh my god, I should, I should forget to send it to you guys. It, 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 it you is so it freaking funny. So he's um, Ozzy used to do this movie and do where he jumps on you with both knees. So Luke at age two, there's they, they they sent it to Max. He just walks up and his kids like on the ground. He like double jumps and knees on the kid. <laughs> The kid's just laying there motionless. Just some unsuspecting kid? Totally. Has no idea. He's yes. just some space cadet kind of kid yes. just like laying there. How old? How old is the kid? Two, Two. or three. Oh Two. my gosh. It was so funny. It's it's a hilarious it so video. You will, you will die laughing if you see uh, it. Oh yeah, that was so funny. It was so good. Yeah, they're going to be a tag team duo, those two. Oh yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. Mike Tyson's of four-year-olds. Mike Tyson. No question. Yeah, okay. has there has there ever? This is a good question for another wrestling Tyson question. Has there ever been someone who was um, really kind of like a, a villain or a bad guy, and then turned into someone who's really beloved? Because I feel like Tyson was a villain, and now I I think everyone kind of loves him. Like, there's not a lot of people who don't like Mike Tyson right now. He's so like. Um vulnerable and like kind yeah, of open lovable. about just like what a disaster he was yeah. and all is just sort of how all of it came to be and i think he does have gen, gen genuine shame over like his past behavior yeah. so i think that, mm -hmm. that helps him a lot um michael chieson says mako i don't know about mock Ma uh Ooh, that sounds mako mako is a lovable dude right now dude uh yeah i we see him <laughs> His kid wrestled 16U. Like, Mako was so scary back in college. Everyone was scared of that dude. And uh, I think kind of a lot of people didn't get to know him, right? There wasn't social media or that type of stuff. But once you get to know him, the dude's just like, he's an amazing dude. That's what literally Sparks said that yesterday, him. too. Like, that's one of the scariest. He's like, you watch you watch the season. Mako's not a guy you want to get to know. The, the, but met him at the 2015 World Championships. Ni nicest guy in the world. And, uh, yeah. He is a really nice guy. That is true. Dude, my we had this freshman have we at Mizzou. <laughs> true freshman. And uh I don't remember what happened to him, but he had to start because we didn't have anyone else. And we went to you wouldn't water. bump up as as we famously remember. <laughs> I did not bump up the heavyweight. That would have been <laughs> not one well for me at all against Steve Mako, because he's a very large man. Um but they they uh they played the uh what was it? Damn it's a Star Wars song. 
when Steve Mako walks out. Oh yeah, the and, Imperial March. Yes, and it's in Stillwater, and this dude wouldn't freaking stop talking about how scared he was <laughs> when Steve Mako came out to that song in Stillwater, and it was like the most hilarious thing ever. Except and he that wrestled him. I wish. Yeah, he's, he got and he's literally talking, of course, in like a minute. <laughs> and afterwards, he was like, "That was the scariest thing ever." And I'm like, oh, God, freaking. Yeah, he didn't turn out to be very good. That is an all-time uh, walkout song, too. Yeah. yeah. Sam Stoll used to come out to it, and it was freaking. That's good. It was really sick. We had a we had a heavyweight at Northwestern College in Iowa who who drew Steve Mako first round at the UNO Open one year. Oh, no. And he was like. That's funny. He was sweating, man. He was, yeah, he was nervous. It did not go well. But it yeah. was quick. He was. It was a mercy. It was a mercy kill. Yeah, in those situations, you just don't a want mercy to anger kill. Him. Yeah, he took he took him out very fast. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. It's it's the underdogs that want to come out and like throw a really hard club that end up really playing themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, like, <laughs> it's like oh no, because now he he doesn't have to pin you. You know, there's a lot of he has a lot of options. Um, yeah, that's too funny. Yeah, I think Steve Mako's the. I I think I could say it's Steve Mako, um, because. Yeah, he was very disliked and kind of almost disliked by a lot of people, right? Because he went to Iowa and then Oklahoma State, and a lot of people were upset about that. Yeah, and now, yeah, everyone loves him now. What about Gilman? Ooh, I don't know if he's loved yet. I yeah, maybe not completely, but he's... he's, Maybe. I think his his persona has shifted quite a bit. You know, he he was the guy slamming Alan Waters. He was, you know... Just pretty. He was pretty yeah. feared, and then now he's he's re, he's so he's also very like very open but, about everything. And um, here's what I'll say about Thomas Gilman. Thomas Gilman, I enjoy you. Don't freaking mean tweet me right now. I, I I like you, but Thomas freaking Gilman, I made I don't remember what I said. I, was, I said something. It wasn't critical of Penn State. It was like moderately. It was somewhere in the middle, and he came out so hard defending them. And I'm like, this dude will defend whoever he's with so freaking hard. Because I remember, obviously, when I would criticize Iowa, he would come so hard against me. And it was hilarious to me because it's like... I have no recollection Penn... of this. Uh, the Which Penn, one? The Penn State encounter, for sure. Oh, that, that's, this was only a couple months ago. This was really recent. What did you the say? What was it about? Oh, I don't know. It was probably NCAs or something. I don't even recall. It was, like I said, it wasn't really critical. It was like... Somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, it was, it was somewhere in the middle. But yeah, he came at me, and, and I was like, I, I first of all, I wasn't really, really criticizing. I was kind of like just talking about it. And second of all, I was just laughing because it was he he defends who he's with so hard. Which I guess you know what uh, um, that's probably something to appreciate about someone, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm gonna see if I can find that tweet cover for me for a second from these. So he, Thomas Gilman, it was Gilman he replied to my tweet. I don't can't remember what the heck it was about anymore. Yeah, I it just I, you know he's a guy that that uh, seemed like like back in college, kind of one dimensional, just you know, oh I know. bad guy, bad yeah. guy, and then and then it's like you know I, I think now that you've seen him in in longer interviews and and you just hear how. Yeah thoughtful he is how i mean what a i don't know he's a, he's a reader he's got a pretty pretty like broad historical knowledge and stuff and it's just like all right this guy's got a little more to him so maybe that's maybe that's just i know more about him now but yeah so yeah. it was about you were probably critical of the penn state top wrestling and it was boring you and then he tweeted, oh that's what it was yeah aaron, aaron brooks takedown and tough ride you don't like it ben Askren? tune into something else <laughs> 
Yes, that was what it was. And it's like Thomas Gilman. If you were in a Hawkeye singlet or in you know a graduate program at Iowa right now, you would say literally the same thing. Because listen, Aaron Brooks is an outstanding wrestler, but that some of that top riding, it was really boring. Yes. Well, no, no, no I debate. would encourage you to tune into something else then, Ben. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I really like watching wrestling. So <laughs> I, I do, I do a little bit tune out. I mean, when it's when that, that type of stuff's happening, I'll like go get a snack or you know I'll, I'll do something else a little bit because yeah, I, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. yeah, Thomas Gilman's a good one. I, you know, the other thing that's kind of is like uh, with with more access to you know and this goes into christian we were texting the other day about um you were i don't know if i don't want to say if complaining is the right word but you were saying like social media you don't like it sometimes um, oh yeah and but what i think is that with social media you get a really good insight into how human beings work not only on the individual but on the collective and you get to kind of um see who they really are and both with that, and then I guess the other thing if I couple this was it was excessive coverage, or not excessive, more coverage of wrestling. Is that, um, you know, I think say Steve Mako era, my era, like people didn't really get to know us, right? Because there wasn't a lot of video of us. It was like these little clips, or there wasn't social media, so we weren't talking a lot. And so you can almost create in your head what this person is like. Right. You can create who they are. You can make them exactly who you want in your own brain because you haven't seen this person. But then the more you see of someone, the more you can, the less latitude you have in making a judgment on their character and their personality. Does that make sense or no? The less, the less latitude, latitude the less. So, so if I don't know you, if I see nothing, right. So if we're in the nineties. Yeah. Um, I might see a match or two of you. I might see uh, a one minute interview with, IPTV or something to that effect, mm -hmm. but that's it. I'm not going to yep. see anything else from you. And so if I see one thing I don't like, I can say, oh, that freaking, that freaking Christian Piles, he's such a freaking butt face, right? right. But now say with Thomas, Thomas Gillen. So if all I had seen was the Alan Waters moment, right? right? Uh, and I can say, this guy freaking, that was way uncalled for. He's such a terrible person, blah, 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 blah. But now... I see a long form interview with Thomas Gilman or I hear him talking on social media. And I'm like, ah, you know, that was uh, obviously was not a probably a shining moment for him, but he's probably a really good guy, you know, like just when you just listen to him. And so I think, I think the more um, access to people we have and the more, especially long form content, um, the less latitude people have to judge other people because they like, they see them, they're human. Right. And yeah. they can't judge them as much. No, totally, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so yeah. next. So Mako, uh, I think Mako's our best villain, though. Yeah. Because he's the full 180 in, I think, everyone's mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, Iowa, I think, still likes Steve a lot. I think that, you know, Terry coached him for a while towards the end of his senior level career, which is not over. The shoes are not taking off. <laughs> Yeah, what a moment. Come. That was an all-time moment. Okay. Um, so I had a question. I had a thought about the, the team race. We were talking about it yesterday. We've talked about it basically since NCAAs ended, the the level of favorite that Penn State is going this year. When was the last time, when was the last year we had a favorite 
kind of this runaway coming going into the year, right? Um, now, one of the options could be the uh, you know Penn State's going to be a, a likely answer. The most recent one was the one we went back and forth about the entire year. Ben was Iowa and Penn State. I was just going to say, I yeah, that was well. I didn't think I I when we you brought this up a while ago, uh, right before the show, and I didn't think about Iowa, but Iowa, twenty twenty one. Yes, yeah. Uh, when when they wound up winning, and yeah. I was kind of uh, always saying, don't don't count out Penn State, don't count out Penn State, and then ultimately, you know, Iowa won. Pretty they had it wrapped up by Friday, Friday night. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that was one, but I. I feel like this could be one of the seasons where they're as big a favorite as we've seen going into the year because you think about the 16 season, that was like the freshman year for Bo and Nolf, and yeah. it was Zane's return. So going into that year, you know, obviously a lot of us were, were high on them, but you didn't expect Nolf to pin Imar, and you didn't yeah. expect Nickel to just be, run through the scuffle and be number one, basically wire to wire. But I think the other thing of that year was Iowa, Ohio State, and Missouri all had really good teams in 15, and they all graduated a lot moving into 16, correct? Yes, correct. So that that would, that obviously affected the team race significantly. Yes, it did. Because um, going into, like, <clears throat> thinking last 10-ish years, 2011, it was very much up in the air who was going to win that year. Uh, yep. Cornell got second, but Iowa had a team that could win. 2012 might have been a year they were a pretty big favorite because they returned a large chunk of their their team. They ended up winning by a pretty large margin. Like 13 was crazy, crazy close. So was 14. They both came down to the finals. Um, 15, Ohio State was far from a favorite heading into the year. It was like very much up in the air who was going to win that year. That was the year of like NATO's freshman year and Snyder and Bo Jordan. Um in 16, we talked about 17 when they won five. I'm trying to think of what the perception going into that year was. Uh, I don't remember. Well, certainly there was no thought that Vincenzo Joseph was going to beat Isaiah Martinez, but Zane, Nolf, uh, winning. Me, Nolf, and Nickel were going to be really good, too. Yes, because they had already been really good. But then, yes. you know, Bo went up and beat, uh, beat Gabe Dean. Gabe that, Dean was, yeah. that was crazy. Um, so it could have been that year, 17. I feel like they were a pretty big, big favorite going in. They ended up winning yeah. by pre- pretty wide margin. By, by big, right? They won yes. big. 17, they were big favorites, but I, I still remember the night of NCAAs, even the, the very last moments of the season, just still being shocked at how, like just how good they were, like how, how they put it all together. Um, I mean, it was, it was like, it was just mind blowing. It was like, how, what? They just did that. They just, Ran the table in the finals. Five like, in a row. What the heck? That was yeah. nuts. And they're going to return four champs this year. Plus, they're adding, you know, a lot of high-level recruits. Now, how how well they're going to wrestle remains to be seen, but the track record of development there is such that it feels like it's going to be a pretty freaking good squad. Um, so, yeah, fun to fun to think about. I, I think for this year, it's not just the how much of a favorite they are. It's like what – it's like the contenders. Like, who's got a real team that can actually go up and 
challenge them. Like certainly in dual meets, it can get interesting because it's just for the reasons that, you know, duels aren't the best determinant of team strength is the allegedly. same reason. No, it's not. It's not alleged. It's just no, like it's actual facts. Um, no, this is the, it is a fact. In your opinion. The whole, the whole your opinion. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's not my opinion. No, it's in your opinion. It's true. It's true. No, it's um, not. It's true in your opinion. Well, no, I, I think it, I think it's just an accepted fact at this point that it's the best judge of, of team strength. The best way to judge a team's overall strength is no, the team's overall strength against the other, no, the entirety no. of the field. No, if there was, okay, let me bring my, I'll just, my simple argument is true. I, I agree, you it's could, simple. <laughs> you could literally show up with four people, four yes. people on your whole team. You don't need a roster, you only need four people. You show up with four people, you could win the NCAAs. Christian, that's four good dudes, that ain't a team. There's not a team. That's uh that's an not it's not even an anecdotal example. It's not even it's never even happened. Well, I one think, time Arizona State one time had like two champs in Levi Cooper placed and they got a like a trophy replaced tie. That is not no, but by it could happen, you know, and they but that but then by definition that team literally could not win a duel. They couldn't because they only have four people, because they have six forfeits. Uh yeah. But it's, it, I, I think it doesn't happen. It's it seems like it's very often the best way to determine the number one team. But then like the, all the spots after number one is where is where I think it's it's not necessarily the like is the is the twentieth team. Um, I think I'll often you know there's a twentieth to thirtieth team that's that's fourteen and two dual meet record, but they're yeah. you know they only have maybe one all American, and then there's a top ten team that maybe has two three all-americans but overall team is not as good so i think if you're looking for all right what's the best way to determine the number one team the tournament probably gets you there most of the time but but from from there you go from there on a lot, a lot of the rest of it is it the best way to compare just pick two teams and compare them i don't think so yeah he's right i mean it is it's the best it's obviously the best way to determine who the best in your team opinion is. i i think it's I think it's indisputable <laughs> I, I I honestly think it could just be like mathematically proven that I'm right, but um, how? Because you are taking just because of the the the. All right, if you're trying to determine well, team strength against the nation, okay, yeah. okay, we have the country of wrestlers, and we're trying to t determine right. which team in the country has the best team. You want to compare it to the country, not a wrestler. Okay, because Penn State's yeah. 125 versus one team's 125 is not the yeah. same as the the entire field, which you could basically say, for all intents and purposes, the 33-man bracket is the field. That is the best, you know, yeah. judge. Uh -huh. Okay, so how they compete against the entirety of the field is a better measurement of how they truly compare than just a one match versus one match, okay, versus the team. So you do that 10 times, and you have a much greater, more accurate sample size of team strength because you're getting compared to so many different wrestlers as opposed to just being compared to one. So, I mean, I, I guess you'd have to start off with define, define team strength is what you'd have to start with. Um, and to again, to me, um, a couple of good individuals scoring a whole bunch of points uh, is does not make a, a team to me makes like, good guys all across the board and um 
if your guys uh, at the NCAA tournament aren't, if they're, say, 7 through 16, they are a very high-level wrestler. They're likely scoring very minimal points. A 12th place guy, you know, guy who ends in around 12 of the blood round is probably scoring 10% of what a champion is scoring, right? Right. Maybe less. And so uh, that's where I don't, well, the, I think I can structure the scoring system in which way I felt more comfortable. I know they're not going to let me do that. I get it. But I, and listen, I will say whoever wins the NCAAs is the team champion. That's for sure. But I'm not going to act like, I think that is the absolute, uh, you know, ultimate best scoring system. It's not. Well, I'll say it is the best one that currently exists. Um, we both have shared um, agreements about like the discrepancies and like how really good wrestlers are scored in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But everyone. But that being said, um, it's still the best way we have right now to determine the best team. Yeah, so I th- I think what I would I think what would happen, you know, if, if they actually had an NCAA team dual champion, Christian, is that so Kale Kale is smart, right? This guy's this guy's super smart. Um, I don't think there's any way you can dispute that. And I think he knows what the NCAA scoring system is. He knows where the NCAA titles determined. And so he is relative if he can't score points, you know, if he's like, Oh, how much effort is it gonna take for me to get this guy from, you know, a 20th ranked guy? to a, a ninth ranked guy. It's going to take right. a lot of effort, right? Versus how much effort is going to take me to get this guy from fourth to first. And so I, I, I just, just kind of with the things I've heard anecdotally, cause I'm not in Penn state's room, although I'm probably gonna try to put a spy in there at some point. Um, they really have a high amount of focus <laughs> on just a few guys. And that's why we say this sometimes there's some weights where like they freaking stink. Like how it's Penn freaking state. How are they this bad at this weight class? I think because it's because Kale knows he's like it's gonna take so much effort, and then that dude's still gonna score like two points, right? Point and a half, half a point, not much. And so if you said, okay, hey Kale, we're actually gonna give an NCAA team championship trophy by dual meets, he would he would spend a little more effort on those weaker weights because he would realize they're really relevant to to the actual thing, you know? So um I, I think it's that thing where sometimes you think of like, well, Penn State is so much better, uh, but then they don't always win duels. They, they win them a lot of them, right? But they don't always win duels. And I think it's because of he knows what the end structure is. Yeah, that's that's possible. That's possible. So it's because of our own bias, right? Because of what the current team structure is that we think that way. Mm, well, I, don't, I don't know what bias, but yeah, we can move on. Bias meaning... Uh, you have long accepted that the NCAA team tournament champion is the official team tournament, meaning they are the strongest team, which then biases your own thinking into what determines the strongest team. Oh, okay. Well, I would say I disagree with that, but um, I, well, I, I would I, say that's fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, here well, we are. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Um, I, I, I kind of love your espionage tactic of just, just say saying it. on the number one show in wrestling that you're going to plant a spy somewhere. That is, that's just how the Russians did it. Yes. Maybe they won't be able to stop me. You never know. Yeah, perhaps not. Um, it won't be super obvious when the uh, Askren Wrestling Academy guy ends up on the team and then... See, yeah, you're going to be very... You better not share any of the spy secrets if... if if you get them, you're going to have to hold on to them. <laughs> You'll be like, why is this guy? I, well, I don't want to share them. Kill doesn't share them. I always keep them for myself. And uh, 
you know, maybe like help make my guys a little better. That's oh well, then it. you're then you're no different or any uh, any different than Kale in this scenario. Yeah, but so I got this problem. I got this problem. So listen, that's my idea, right? Then I got this problem. I got him on the show, and then I just start talking, and then sometimes I can't stop talking, and then you also know, like other people probably hear some of my ideas also. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> I'm not out anyone at Kids Nationals though. Um, I was thinking there's so many people walking around who probably don't like me because I like, you know, like the Iowa guys. They, this is true of you also. The Iowa guys think you don't like Iowa. The Oklahoma State guys think you don't like Oklahoma. Yeah. The Penn State guys think you don't like Penn State. And so, like, at some point, I probably said something negative about the team they've liked or I've probably said something that's went, right, controversial to their thought process. Well, So some dudes just don't like me because they don't like me, right? Right. So there's this one match I'm watching. Well, first of all, it's yeah. – the morning session was 12U, 10U, and 8U, and we had two kids in the 12U. So I showed up, um, but mo- majority of the kids were 14U because, you know, I don't like competing at those super young age groups. Well, first of all, the match on the mat is 8U, and these kids, they are so cute. They're almost like the size of Ozzy, but I don't yes. know why they're wrestling at a national championship. I have <laughs> no idea, right? Um, and so the match goes to the, the break. It's 10 to 4, okay? Here we go. We've got a match. And – we got a match, 10 to 4. And they come back on the mat. No, no controversy. It was very obvious calls, right? Come back on the mat. There's uh the refs were kind of they were sleeping on the job. The one guy, the blue guy, gets a push out. And there's they confirm it, one one, but they didn't stop it. And then the red guy throws the blue guy. So they go four. And then then I think they so they put one, this was 11 8, right? They put it on the board, and then I think they they realized that, oh, wait, we should have stopped it on the push out and we didn't stop it, you know? And so the refs kind of conference. Well, these guys in the corner are losing their mind. They're saying, the score is seven to zero. The score is seven to zero. And I'm like, well, they got distracted. Let me help them, you know, because I'm like the next match. I said, hey, guys, the 10 uh, 4 is the right score. And they're like, stay out of this. Stay out of this. I'm like, guys, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to butt in, but. It was 10 to 4 at the break. And they're like, Askren, you stay out of this. We don't like you, blah, blah. And they're like cussing me out. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, dude, I, I'm just trying to help here. I don't want them to flip out of the referees because it's, it's obvious. You know, there's no not really a controversy here. We know yeah. the score should be 11 to 4. And then so later I saw the guy in the stands. I'm like, hey, did you go watch that tape? You ready to apologize to me yet? And then uh, he apologized to me later. That definitely but, helped. But in the moment, they were like, I freaking hate Ben Askren. He's such an asshole. And that happened one other time to someone, someone else in New Jersey. I probably crapped on Rutgers. They were yelling at some nice volunteer at the award stand. I said, hey, dude, like this is a volunteer. Can you just please chill out? And then they started cussing me out. Um, <laughs> but it's because like. Why were, they yelling at the, this... why were they yelling at a volunteer? Because I guess their kid didn't get on the podium, which is probably like the tournament director issue, not this nice. It was like a 15-year-old girl at the awards saying handing out awards. You know what her freaking problem? She wasn't the director of nothing. Um, yeah. But so I uh so anyway, so if I did steal Kale's secrets, there's probably a decent chance I would just start talking about them because I forget. And then that's also I was thinking about why people probably don't like me because I probably said something about uh their their college program or something like that that's semi-controversial, and then they hold it against me. So listen, people, wrestling people of America. I don't hate any of you, right? I might not like the way some of you guys operate, but I don't hate you. So you don't need to hate me. Although I'm sure probably a lot of you still will. Yeah. It, one of the worst things, one of the worst phenomenons <gasps> I've observed as, at this job is not that 
Because listen, most coaches are not listening to this show, very obviously. So what you have yeah. are the, the the sycophant hangers-ons that want to say, "Hey, I I text or I talk to this coach," and so then they yeah. spin what is said, and they're just feeding them the negative information and and oh, like yeah, yeah, half yeah. truths, quarter truths, not the full truth. And then they they bend what you. And say. these guys don't have time to freaking. Hopefully, they're not listening to FRL. I know I think some do, but I think for the most part they don't. And so they get spun up on a narrative about me or Flo or this or that, and it's not even the case at all. And then you'll down the line you'll end up having a conversation about it, be like, this is rooted in nothing remotely resembling fact, but because you've got the. The yeah. you know your your the lap dogs that surround these people that want to have proximity to the to a great coach or a great program, and as a way to show allegiance to them, they yeah. can say, "Hey, the media is saying this about you." And Flo is hating. It's like total fabrication. But they don't have time to you know fact check. So like, yeah, okay. And then you hear it enough and enough and enough, and then it becomes the reality. That's the one thing yeah. I have observed, actually, numerous times here. That's. 100% true. And then you have a conversation. It's like, okay, yeah, none of, coach, none of this is even like close to happening. But then, yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, that, um, that's definitely happened. A, skew, a skewing of words. Because that happens to me sometimes where people say, oh, so-and-so said something about you. And then I'll, I'll look at it. I'm like, man, it's not very bad. Like, man. So yeah. what? You know? Type of deals. And it's a very paranoid culture anyways. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wrestling. Wrestling people. I get it. I I understand paranoia for but sure. But are all people like that? Because I don't know other people. Um, you know who's not like it? Disc golf people are not like that. Um, they're way different. They're all like cheering for each other. It's kind of actually weird to me a little bit. Yeah. Um, how they all cheer for each other. But I assume a lot of other cultures are like really uh, kind of the same way. I don't know, man. You don't think so? I think it's pretty. I think it. I think wrestling attracts a very unique personality, and the people that make the to the highest levels. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't. Uh, my my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think okay. it's like I don't jujitsu. I don't think is like that. Jiu-jitsu really? is Yeah. I mean, not not to the degree that I think wrestling is. Like people go and train with each other all the time. Like it's a lot more. You know, this school will train with this school, and this it's it's different, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, know, I, I feel like jujitsu. I feel like the jujitsu community does have, um, for them. I, I mean, the one I feel like big, is big with them is they're like, you have to represent this. Um, team, there is some right? of that for sure. There's yeah, yeah, definitely some of that. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Uh, watching who's next if, if people haven't watched it, it's great it's our reality show on flow grappling but a lot of the pre-fight interviews they're like man this is like such a great guy good friend sucks i had to fight him but i got to so i'm gonna go do it and i'm gonna beat him but yeah but they're but that a lot of those those interviews started with man this this guy's great this is a good friend a good you know good buddy and and uh now i gotta you know i, I kind of don't want to but i do want to fight him where I feel like in wrestling, there's there's like the, the there's the respect thing. Like I you know I respect my opponent, but you don't hear people really compliment yeah. their opponent or or you know I'm a friend I, of them. I feel like maybe at the senior level that happens a little more because the, I I think again it's um get to know people right, and so at, by the time they're on the senior level, they've maybe been on a team together at some point or a training camp, and they kind of know each other a little better. Where it's like yeah. especially when they're younger in college, it's definitely like divided. Like this is this team, this is this team, and 
I guess may, maybe it's becoming a little different with, um, you know, the cadet and junior and 15U. There's so many different world teams you could potentially make. So maybe, you know, people are getting more friendly. But definitely by the time they've seen a level, they've all, like, kind of, like, interacted with each other on a more frequent basis. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get to some questions. We have a, we have a few. Not a ton. Um, okay. Wrestle up 18 said, someone said to me that baseball is the biggest discrepancy between pros and college. Where would you put wrestling among other sports for this? Some ready for next level fix Yanni Gable and most couldn't keep a match competitive. Well, wait, but hold on. Isn't that, um, okay. This is my understanding of baseball. I'm not a baseball expert. (laughs) Don't all the best people go straight from high school to pros. And that's why there's not a lot of the best in college. Isn't that what the case is? Um, I would say I thought all the best guys get signed out of high school, like in the draft, and they don't even go to college. A lot of a lot of them do, but a lot of the a lot of the reason that guys do go to college is because they think they can they can move their position up in the draft. Like so, they'll get drafted mm-hmm. in the twelfth round, and then it's like ah, I think if I go play at at some college, I can develop yeah. physically, and then maybe get drafted in the second round or something. Um, but then but, wouldn't that mean that all of the um, that would then mean that all of the highest draft picks, which, you know, mm-hmm. obviously from a development standpoint, might not end up being the best, but at that moment in time, they are the best, right? None of those guys go because they get these big signing bonuses and whatnot. Yeah, I think it definitely does pull pull a significant number of guys out of the out of the pool for NCAA. Yeah. So if you and think also- of like, if, if every year, Christian, you pulled the top say 25 from the big board and they didn't go to college and they only just went and trained at say the OTC or something, you would, I think you would probably end up. And now again, there's people from below the top 25. They're going to move up into the top 25. Mm-hmm. And there's some from the top 25 who are not going to be that good, but there's obviously some from the top 25 who are already kind of like almost at that level. And then they're going to continue to excel probably. Um, so I think you would see this gigantic gap between college and, and like international or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's a good point. Looking at the uh, – I just found a – I just Googled an article in Bleacher Report. I'm assuming it's directionally accurate. But it said college or slash JUCO represents um, 45.5% of the drafts. High school, 34.7%. And international, 19.8%. Mm-hmm. So most of the draft does come from college, but you've got to figure the elite of the elite are the high school kids drafted, kind of like what you were describing, Ben. The, the other thing, too, that, that you said in there is, like, JUCO is part of the college thing. So that that if we're talking about, like, the NCAA compared to the pros, NCAA. JUCO really does pull a bunch of bunch of guys out of the NCAA field as well. In just, baseball. A, in baseball. In baseball. Yeah. Why is of, that? I think there are a lot of guys I think they just that, want to do the two years and be done, right? Yeah, I think there are a lot of guys that, you know, they get drafted. They're like, if I can – if I'm a pitcher and I can get my, my fastball, like, a couple miles an hour faster or just develop this little thing – which I can do in a year or two for very little expense, then I'll move up in the draft or I'll, you know, I know, yeah, I know a rumor I heard back in the day from, um, someone who had a friend was that they don't, they, the reason they went to Juco for two years is because they didn't test in Juco. Oh, snap. Dr- yeah. Drug test. Sounds right? about right. That could be. And that, so that was what NCA, obviously they do. I don't, I don't know. I actually, I said, I was thinking the NCA doesn't test that well, but I saw, um, He's a football player got popped the other day, which you don't see, you know, NCAA athletes get popped for anything all that much. Yeah, it is pretty rare, I would say. Um, 
So yeah, the discrepancy between the the, the pros in wrestling and college is not um, huge. I don't think it's huge. And what? Hold on, let me reread the question here if I can pull it. Um, basically said that. Um, where is it? I'm on the wrong. I, I got it. Someone said to me that the baseball has the biggest discrepancy between pros and college. Where would you put wrestling among the other sports for this? Some oh, uh, yeah. somebody for the next level, Yanni fixed cable, and most that couldn't keep a match competitive. I think so, a lot um, of college wrestlers could actually be pretty. Are so, I mean, competitive okay, is yeah. relative, right? But relative, yeah. I think there's a lot of college guys that can be competitive in freestyle matches with other senior level guys. Well, yeah. The other thing, Christian, if you think about it, if you put together a <clears throat> ten, 10 weights, best college team, right? And anyone who had eligibility, like in graduating 2022 versus best senior level team, non-college athletes, mm -hmm. um, that duel would be competitive. Absolutely. Think about what that would be right now. Well, you had Gable, you would have had Miles Amin, you would have had Yanni, you would have had Dayton. Brooks. Um, RBY, well, RBY the same way. Soriano. So, uh, you'd have Soriano or, or Spencer. Yeah, that oh, duel, yeah. that duel is competitive. Absolutely. Very competitive. Sure. Yeah, the so thinking about one of the things with wrestling is that we don't we don't really get to find out because so few so few of the best college wrestlers move on into international wrestling. And it, it is a lot of good yeah. ones, but I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at seniors from this year's rankings that, you know, that were like whatever top five, top 10 that didn't compete at, at, at the, on the senior circuit this year, Suriano, we didn't see him. D'Agostino oh, yeah. um, ranked, you know, fifth at the end of the year. We didn't, we didn't see, we have, but we didn't at the end. We didn't see RBY. We didn't, you know, DeSanto, we didn't see Corbin Myers. We didn't see, um, we saw Nick Lee. We didn't see Key John Clark. We didn't see Jaden this year. We've seen him, Jaden Ironman. Yeah. So I, there's just a lot of guys that that don't because there's not that incentive. You know, it's for a lot of these guys, it's not the next step. It's not worth it. Um, we don't get to really find out, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, the other thing I think this question kind of implies is, you know, I said I said the number one team of college guys was the number one team of international level. But I think if we, um, you know, the pros is depth also, right? Because uh, there's 30 different teams. I think if you put the best college guys versus the number twos or number threes in America, I think the college guys would probably win. So obviously, in those number twos and number threes, you're pulling out every college wrestler. Yes. And going yeah. two or three from there. I Yeah, I completely agree. I think the twos or threes would, would lose to the best college. I think that... I think the twos or threes for college would be – there's a good chance they could beat the twos or threes for senior level. It would be very competitive. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sam Cooper, what odds do you give Penn State's heavyweight Kirk Fleet at winning NCAAs uh, with and without Gable? Uh, love watching the show, and I love the Virginia representation. And he says Northern ah, Virginia ah. is cool too, Virginia. Piles. It's not. It's my brother lives in Northern Virginia, Stafford, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very very different place. But you're right, Sam. It's cool. And to your question, well, with Gable, it's the next topic. Yes. Without yes. Gable is where the question is interesting, and I will uh, kick it to to uh, Ben first. Uh I would say 
Not a large chance. Really? Um, well, here's why. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if I match him up against individuals. So if I match him against Colton Schultz. I don't think he's the favorite. Um, so that's less than 50% chance. Then he's probably also going to have to beat someone in the semifinals who, uh, like Cassiope, I'll probably do that a coin flip, 50-50, right? So he's got to win that match too. So he's going to have to win definitely two, but mm-hmm. maybe, you know, if he's not, if he's the six, or sorry, if he's the three or the four, he'll probably have to win a really tough match in the semis also. Uh, I'm sorry, in the quarters. So potentially three really tough matches. Yeah. I, so if you, you add the accumulation of those uh, percentages together, you're going to get not a high percentage. So, yeah, may, may, maybe you're right. Uh, we have like kind of like the three-way Spider-Man meme with Paris, Cassiope, and um, Kirkfleet. Because mm-hmm. Mason can't beat Kirkfleet. Uh, Cassiope can't beat Mason, and Kirkfleet yep. has not yet beaten uh, Tony, though he nearly did a big tense. So yep. you have that dynamic, so which makes it pretty draw dependent, and with Schultz in the mix, and you can't discount Lucas Davison next year, right? He's back, yep. I believe, and and Wyatt Hendrickson. Well, I mean, you you know you you bring up Wyatt Hendrickson, and I know it's I you know it's kind yeah, of a joke. Let's well, go, here we baby. go. No, here no, no. We well, no, but here's the here's the problem is like. Zach Elam and Wyatt Hendrickson, they're they're gonna hit a Big Twelves. One of those guys could have an undefeated season. I mean, who you know, who knows what who they hit in duels, but like if one mm. of those guys ends up with a with an undefeated season, that's probably a, a, a two seed if Schultz also has an undefeated season. So then all that Big Ten against Big Ten competition is what is what makes is gonna make the seeding really weird. So I, I mean I think it's gonna be very hard for for Kirkvleet to to be, yeah. I mean, unless he just beats everybody to be to be seated too, so you get three. What about Nick seated. Feldman? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, you, know, who, you know, did they wrestle him? Did they wrestle Orndorff? Is a question. Um, but but like, yeah, there's so many Big Ten wrestlers after. I mean, in that top ten, that that there's going to be some, there's probably going to be some carnage that's going to jack up the seating a little bit. Carnage. Yeah. Carnage. Like Nebraska carnage. <laughs> Uh, that's where JD is right now. That should be their that should be their intensive camp. Yeah, Carnage. The Nebraska Carnage intensive camp. Yeah. That's that's yeah, pretty insane. I like that. Um follow up from yesterday, uh Corey Kuzinski, we talked about Michigan. We had the 810 area code which is a Michigan one, Ben. As FRL self-proclaimed Michigan wrestler area code expert, which he is, Corey has long been that for us. Uh I thought I'd let you know Brent Metcalf is probably your best bet for 810. Kevin Jackson is 517, Ben Bennett 616, Casey Cunningham is 989. Although it was what? probably 517 when he was in high school. This guy knows On a lot. What date will we get to 989? Mm-hmm. Good question. That'll be like the Casey. What no, if we can get Casey Cunningham on that show? That would be quite a revelation. That'd maybe be a year, big get. Maybe a year away cuz we do like what? I mean, 3 a week for 52 Look. weeks is 156. So yeah, a little bit. Um I'm gonna go back a year and see. A lot of shows. Yeah, we do a lot of shows. Probably don't do exactly three a week because it's probably a few weeks where we miss uh, a show or two. True. So I think one one fifty is a pretty good guess for a year. Yeah, let me see this show fifty. I'm on the. This is what the people demand to know. Uh, Well, this is old. (laughs) Um. So that was eight twenty four. I'm doing quick math here. Yeah, I think. 
in less than a year or, or around a, a little more than a year we'll be at we'll be yeah. at it that'd be great oh yeah great hey we didn't even mention today's show 811 that's called before you dig what's that that's the number you call oh. before you dig. Oh yeah, it's eight one one. That way you don't hit a gas pipe or something. Eight one one. Tomorrow? Wait, I thought we we're on eight one zero. Oh, you guys changed the show notes. Yeah, eight ten was yesterday. Today's uh, today's eight one one. Call before you dig. I I feel like that's a policy, Ben, that you do not follow. Do you call before you dig? <laughs> dig what? What am I digging? Dude, if you I got, got you're me, digging. You're digging out there. You're digging all day. So listen, if it's a serious project, my wife's probably in charge of it. Like. Uh, say she wanted to oh we got a county problem we didn't even talk about that christian we did tuesday freaking... oh we did on tuesday you're right i was thinking it was tuesday you want me to send happened. my cousins up to kill them yes i do um so if it's a serious project like saying taking water or electricity up to, by the chicken coop that would be like her domain right if it's like i'm digging disc golf baskets or something like that nah, i ain't calling no damn 811 for a disc golf basket get lost <laughs> yeah well if you hit a gas line i'll yeah. take my chances one of our one of our former coworkers cut a cut a cut a fiber uh, a Google Fiber line, but that was just like. And what happened? The whole the whole neighborhood had no internet. I mean, the person. It, oh, they'd be just, so mad at him. Or her, and yeah, it's uh um, yeah, that was just that was hilarious. Well, I don't know why. She just saw the cord. She's like, I saw the cord, so I just cut it. <laughs> she, like cut the internet for the entire neighborhood. <laughs> Don't understand that uh, one. That's too funny. But it's very funny. Eight one one, man. That's great. No call area be- code. Call before you dig, though. Good. Call before you dig. Good, good We're PSA. doing that. Mm-hmm. We're putting in some uh, some exercise. We got rid of our you know Skyfort thing. Um, and it's we're, time to retire it. It's it's gone. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know what that means. You know, like the little. Know. You probably have something like a, a treehouse town in it, at at Askren Funky Farms, but. You know, just okay. the little Home Depot jobbers with like a little sky. You go up with the slide, and it has the swings on it. Oh yeah, yeah, got it, got it. So we got rid of ours, and we're gonna put up like a a monkey bar pull up rope climbing thing in nice. our backyard. But anyways, we called before we dug, and we're we're in the clear. That's good. So uh, coming soon. But yeah, that's a great reminder to to be careful. Okay, um, I think we did the show. I think this is good. Uh, ben. Oh yeah. Thank I had so for... much fun. I'm, I'm on a go week. Uh, and we got the 4th of July coming this week. Oh, man. Listen, for most of us great Americans who love this country and the freedoms we have, and I do appreciate the freedoms we have, and I will not forget that, and I will not take that for granted, although some people do. Um, I'm going to celebrate the day on 4th of July, and I'm going to have a good time doing it. I hope you guys do the same. I have some more plans. Bray, are you in? I'm done. Oh, let's party. Let's party. Let's do it. Happy 4th of July. We're going up to Ben's. We're going to kill some coyotes in the name of freedom. Listen, if you guys want to hop on a plane or hop in a a Piles Bray family van, drive your ass up to Wisconsin with some guns, shoot some coyotes, I think we would have the best time ever. (laughs) We probably would have a great time. Probably have to take a rain check for this this holiday, but that would be a good time. Ben, thanks for coming back. Bray, thanks for hopping in. And thank you especially for listening. This was great. Enjoy it as always, and we will see you next Tuesday. See you then. Thank you. Happy 4th of July. Go USA.